Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right, for the last few weeks, we've been walking through the series, Less is More, and it's using John the Baptist kind of as a launching pad, a reference point to how we should live in relationship to Jesus. The first week we talked about witnessing boldly. Um, It's important for us to share the message of Christ with the rest of the world. So I'm going to give you a little update on that because I'm the one who spoke on that topic, right? Two weeks ago here. And I had an opportunity this week, in fact, yesterday, found myself, or I find myself every Saturday morning, if you don't remember, the heart attack happened on a Saturday morning in the bowling alley, okay? So where am I at Saturday morning? I'm in the bowling alley. Saturday morning, I had this incredible opportunity to have a conversation with a friend. And this friend of mine walks up to me in the middle of coaching, and he says, hey, Steve, I was at a funeral this week, which is not normally the way people start conversations with me. But I was at a funeral this week, and it was a friend, I knew him, and I knew the family, and so I went to this funeral, and he said, the, 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 the grandson is eulogizing his grandfather. He's sharing about his grandpa and how amazing he was, and suddenly he stops and says, you know, it'd be better if you just heard this from grandpa himself, so why don't we just let grandpa tell you? And the video pops on the screen of grandpa. It's a weird moment, okay? But they had interviewed him. He had passed away. He died from cancer. They interviewed him and talked about how he had come to faith. Well, my friend says, I, I got to show you the video sometime. So, so after we're done, um, with, with the kids are done bowling, we're done coaching, he comes over to me and says, hey, you want to see that video? I'm like, sure thing. Let's do it. In the bowl now, so I'm watching the video, and he's talking about this guy, the grandpa, he's talking about his faith, and how he came to faith in Christ, and all those things. Well, my friend is not a follower of Jesus. And so my friend, I look at him after I watch the video, and I say to him, because we've had some other conversations along this line, I said, it's obvious to me that God is at work in your life, and he's trying to get your attention. He's... And it appears to me that you have really been interested in spiritual things more at this moment in your life than you ever have been in all of your lifetime. And he looks at me and goes, yeah. I said, so I think that God has put you and I together for a moment just like this because he wants you to understand him. And I think that we can, you know, do this. And I think he wants you to follow him. And I, I think he's trying to help you in this journey. And so I think he's put us together. He said, I do, but I don't know the next step. I think I can help you with that. I said, and here's why I know that God is speaking to you, because I am not the one who's initiating these spiritual conversations. You were asking me questions about it. And what I know is now God is prompting you and and and. And I don't know what he's trying to do to you, but he has a purpose for your life, and he's wanting to get your get you to become a follower of his. And so I just kind of talked to him, a very calm, very just normal conversation. 
And so we pull up, I pull up my phone and say, you know what, here's an idea. Why don't we start with reading the Gospel of Mark? So like if you'll download, if you'll download the YouVersion app, I'll read it with you, and we'll just be able to talk about it. And then we'll get together for lunch, and we'll just talk this through. I said, you know, it's not about going to church. It's about following Jesus. But, but coming to church would be a good thing. And you know what? I've got this good Sunday morning coming that really could be a really fun day for you to come to. Now, they live out by Mission Hill, but I, I said, you might want to come March 11 because I have a friend that's going to come to church that morning and I'm going to interview him. Just so happens it's the end of the Big 12 tournament on Saturday. Sunday will be Selection Sunday. And I thought having the voice of the Jayhawks here would be kind of fun that morning. And since he's a personal friend, he's agreed to do it. And so I'm going to interview Brian that day. Brian Haney's his name. Brian is a friend of mine that I shared Christ with when he was a high school kid. He's the one I've told the story that's given me the best introduction of my life. He's the one that introduced me to Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, at a golf tournament one time when he said to me, this is my friend Steve. He introduced me to golf and to Jesus. That's the best introduction I've ever gotten. The golf part I could care less about, but the introduction to Jesus, that one matters. And so when, I, when that morning, so just give me a little heads up, March 11th, if you got some people that are Jayhawk fans, would like to hear a little bit about integrating your faith with your work and how he's done that and how he came to faith in his story, we're going to do that March 11th right here on a Sunday morning because, well, he owes me. No, I'm just kidding. No, actually, when, when he got the job as the voice of the Jayhawks, I've been praying with him and praying for him through that whole process. And I called him as soon as I found out, and he said, I left a message because I didn't get him, and he called me back a few weeks later and said, Steve, I'm so sorry. I, I, I should have called you right away, and I, I, I didn't, and you were one of the first people to call me. And I said, hey, Brian, if you really feel that bad about it, you could do me a favor. You know, everybody thinks when I say that, it's tickets. It wasn't that. I said, Brian, would you come some Sunday and let me interview you as part of our church service? He said, I'd love to do that. So here it is, two years in the making, uh, or 18 months in the making. This is uh, just going to be a fun day. So anyway, um, if you don't want to hear about it, sorry. Um, but it's about sharing your faith. And so I said that to my friend. I said, you should come that Sunday and just hear a little bit more about following Christ. And so uh, I'm hoping he comes. And, and, but, but, but part of the deal is I wanted you to know that, look, sometimes witnessing boldly is walking through the door of opportunity that God gives you. It's just being willing and being obedient to just have the conversation, normal, natural outflow of who you are and to into the conversation and having people just keep that journey going. And we'll talk more about that. Last week, we talked about giving generously, like giving of our time, our money, our resources, our, our, our effort, all those things. And this week, we're going to continue on, and we're going to talk about something that I think is really important, important to me, and it's important to the church, it's important to being a follower of Jesus, and that's serving. Now, serving doesn't usually get front-page billing on the paper, 
All right? When you're, when you're a servant, they don't usually put that on the front page. I mean, they put the bad things up, but, but they don't really put the good things of, of serving. And, and you know, sometimes in the midst of serving, we, we don't get the recognition that we ought to get. Because when you serve, people can often overlook that. So today we're going to talk about serving faithfully. Now this week, we obviously lost a giant in the faith. Right? Billy Graham. Billy Graham served faithfully throughout his lifetime. He did get more accolades, but appeared to actually shy away from them. He was an incredible role model for followers of Jesus. Billy Graham faithfully carried out God's call on his life. But not everybody can be Billy Graham, right? And, and serving when you're Billy Graham, that's a little different situation, and, and that's a little more public, right? It's, it's sort of like a guy like me. I'm in front of people often speaking, and there's a little more recognition to that. But I want you to understand that my goal in life wasn't really to ever be up here. My goal in life sought out to just be a servant, just to serve people. In fact, I actually am way more comfortable in that role than this role. My goal was to be in the second chair, really. I wanted to help make other people successful. And one of the things I'm trying to do now in my role is to try and make all of our campus pastors more successful. I would much rather all of them be the heroes than me just be a hero maker. I would just like to push others to the forefront and let them become who God has called them to be. And I'll just do what God has called me to do, and that's to serve other people. Because that's where I'm most comfortable. I'm most comfortable serving people and helping others be successful. So when you recognize what God has wired you to do, you can start doing that. Well, let, let's go to, to, the, to the scriptures in Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to start there. We've been talking about John the Baptist over these last few weeks, and we're going to continue. If you remember, in the first week, we talked about John's thought, his statement that he must become less and less, and Jesus must become more and more. And so that's really what we're going to continue talking about, is how do we become less and less, and how does Jesus become more and more in our lives? So in Matthew 21, Jesus is talking to some Pharisees, which he did sort of on a regular basis, Right? Now, Jesus talking to Pharisees is a pretty regular thing. So he tells them a parable, and we're going to read the parable, and it's a pretty short one. It's Matthew 21, verse 28. Well, what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, first. Now, that seems really super straightforward, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. The son that actually does what the father says is the one who obeyed. And, you know, you see the use of the, the vineyard here, the, this metaphor. It was a major industry for Israel. It, you know, grapes and vineyards and all those things. And God used that metaphor over and over again for Israel itself. The vineyard being Israel. So when Jesus uses the metaphor, he is forcing the Pharisees to admit in some way that they are the second son. See, because they did everything that they said, oh yeah, we're going to obey. They did everything. They, they looked like they were obeying. But in reality, they didn't live it out. They, they, they obeyed outwardly, but inwardly they did not. 
And Jesus was kind of pushing them. And, and so he, he goes on and explains at the end of verse 31 and on. He says, then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. Now, Jesus is letting them know that they were there. They were witnesses of John the Baptist. They, they heard him speak, and, and they didn't listen to God's messenger. But the wicked people, the, the, the prostitutes and the tax collectors, they, they, for a time, disobeyed, right? They, they were living not according to the law. They were not living according to what God wanted them to do. They were going out doing their own thing, but eventually they come to the point when they hear John the Baptist that they're like, they ought to listen here. And they repent. And they follow. And, and so Jesus really was pointing at the Pharisees and saying, God really wants your obedience as well. I realize that we, we have a responsibility to obey God. Now, again, we're not obeying God to earn his favor. We're obeying God because we have experienced his grace his forgiveness and his mercy and we're doing it out of gratefulness we're we're saying thank you and out of the heart of gratitude we are obedient because we want to please the master we want to please the person who who is giving us the instructions and so when we look at this we we look at what john did and john came and he served jesus came and he served like jesus is i I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many, right? And so Jesus goes on a few chapters later, recorded in Matthew, Matthew 23. And he says this about serving. He says, the greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, again, remember, Jesus is often talking to these religious leaders and the Pharisees and, and who wanted to exalt themselves all the time. The, the Pharisees did. They wanted to take places of importance. They always wanted to be most noticed. They wanted themselves to be like, oh, I'm God's gift to this planet, right? That's kind of the way they live life. But in reality, Jesus is saying, look, the greatest is going to be the servant. The greatest person is going to be the person who humbles themselves. The greatest person is going to, to, to be the servant, and that, that person will be exalted. Look, verse 11 could read, the one who chooses to make serving their defining quality will reveal themselves as the greatest among you. And God is actually giving us a formula for greatness. He is wanting us to serve others. If we want to be great, serve others. And by serving others, that doesn't diminish us. It doesn't, it doesn't make us less. It actually makes us better. And, and Jesus is saying, look, as you serve, you will be lifted up. Now, it may not be here. It probably won't be. But as you serve, you will be lifted up. As you, as you give your life as a servant, you will be raised up. Now, sometimes as you, you serve, you get recognition, and that's fine. But, but you don't live for that. You live for serving. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I know this may be crazy, but 
Okay, so there's a movie, and it was a book first. It's a classic book. It was by J.R. Tolkien, right? I mean, he writes this book, and it's The Lord of the Rings. And it was made into a movie, and you've seen it. You're going to understand what I'm saying. But, but when you ask, who's the hero of Lord of the Rings? What would be the answer? Frodo. I heard Frodo is one. There, there's other options to that. Gandalf. See, it's, it's interesting. Okay, so I think I saw somebody mouth the word Sam. I did. Sam. He was the gardener. Sounds like the hero, doesn't it? In my world, gardening, what is that? I, you know, flowers. I'm like, what is that? You know, I, this is not my deal. My Anza loves flowers. And if I'm going to serve her in her world, I would go out and dig flowers and put them in for her. I did, I know, I went. We, a friend, I shouldn't tell you, we went to somebody's house and just dug up their flowers and took them. <laughs> it was with permission, but <laughs> stealing flowers isn't on the gift of, you know, the gifts that God gives you. That's but no, they told us to go dig them up. They were going to, you know, and so we, we went out and dug them up and then, and she just like, like this is Angela's world and this is heaven for her digging up flowers and replanting them someplace. I'm like, Ugh. gave me a heart attack. I don't know how it happened, but <laughs> joke's never going to get old. I'm telling you, it's funny. Okay, so Sam is, the, Sam is the hero. Sam is the hero. I'm a little ADD sometimes, all right? Just, just like, whoa, what happened? Okay, Sam is the gardener. I'm not sure how I got the digging flower, but Sam is the gardener. But how is Sam the hero? Well, if you don't know the story, there's a happy ending. There's a happy ending because of Sam. Sam starts off as kind of the uninvited guest, right? He overhears a conversation, and, and he's there, and, and, and he becomes part of the journey to destroy the ring. See, Lord of the Rings is sort of a story of unlikely heroes. No one thought the hobbits would have a chance. That they have any place in the story. They were often overlooked and they were boring people. And, and Frodo, he, he felt the call to help and his friends were with him and behind him. And to make the long story short, it's a, it's a story of struggle and they struggle and finally make it to the mountain to destroy the ring. But Frodo can't take the weight of it. If you've seen it, he, he, Frodo is, is laying on the side of a mountain. It's, it's kind of a, an ashy kind of like like volcanic kind of looking scene and there's no life. It's just, and it looks like Frodo has got his last breath. He's, he's there and he's, he's, he's just kind of like eyes closed and, and Sam is trying to encourage him, say, remember the Shia? You know, and that's, that's kind of the way it works. And so it's as good, far as it's getting, okay? So he's trying to encourage him, trying to help him, trying to say, okay, you, you can make it, Frodo. You can, you can carry the ring to the top. You can, you can get there. Frodo can't move. The story's not going to end well if Frodo dies there. But there's this line there. There's this line in the, in the, in the movie. It's probably the iconic line of the, of the movie. And he, he says, come, Mr. Frodo. He cried, I, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. 
Okay, look, so Sam picks up Frodo. He throws him over his shoulder and carries him up the mountain to destroy the ring in the fire. I mean, I mean, it's just so such a powerful moment. And when you look at that, you, you think, okay, Sam wasn't the hero, but he made the hero the hero. So, so he carries him, and, he, and, he, and they accomplish what they need to do. And there's a lot that we can learn from that line. Look, we, we may not be able to do what somebody else can do, but we can help them do it, or we can carry them to where they need to go. There's something about serving that is so powerful. There's something about serving others that can be so beneficial and yet so rewarding. By serving, we accomplish what God wants us to do. Look, look when we look at serving, sometimes we, we think that we have to do everything. But the truth is, we just have to do our part. We don't have to save people. That's what Jesus does. We have to share the message. We, we have to do things and we gather. We, we have to, he, he calls people to lead us in worship. And I'm so grateful for people who can sing and play. Because it makes me enjoy worship. If you had to listen to me, you wouldn't enjoy worship. See, when she said that, she said, you all sound good. I thought she was about to say, but I was standing next to Steve. But when you look at that, look, there, there's people that need to host life groups. There, there's people that need to hold doors open. And, and you know what's funny about that? When you think about hold doors open and to make coffee, it's powerful. You don't think it is. But it is. Look, and teaching children about Jesus, that matters. Look, I realize I have some part to play in, in the raising of my children. But I'm grateful for my kids that are serving Jesus because people poured into them. Look, look, look because people like you had an impact in my children's lives. And my children want to serve Jesus today. And they're serving Jesus because of people like you that poured into them. And you served. And what a capacity you were serving in kids' worlds or youth worlds or whatever it was. You served them. And you helped make them and mold them into what they are today. So my kids will talk about to talk about their times in Kids Rock. I learned how to do puppets. One of my children is ridiculously good at voices with puppets because he was given an opportunity to do that. I have kids that are serving in music world, in music ministry, doing worship because of people that invested in their lives as they were kids. Because they're not serving music because I helped them. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> you didn't have to laugh that hard, Michael, okay? <laughs> Look, there's a lot of things we can't do. God isn't calling us to do what we can't do. He's calling us to do what we can do. God can redeem a lot of things in our lives to be used for his glory that we never thought possible. 
Serving in the kingdom of God is all about giving back to God what He has already given you. Serve where you have been gifted by God. Exodus 31 is, a, is a just an incredible passage of Scripture. And God tells Moses about this master craftsman. You probably know the story, and if you don't, we're going to read it for just a minute. But, but in Exodus 31, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. Now, verse 3 is pretty, pretty important here. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and you don't usually expect to hear the next line, an expertise in all kinds of crafts. What? <laughs> like, like Hobby Lobby crafts? I mean, what? what? <laughs> and the reason I want us to look at that is because you start to realize that God filled this guy with the Holy Spirit, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise to do his work. I'm just suggesting that every one of us ought to be filled with the Spirit of God, full of wisdom, ability, and expertise in every area that we're involved in. Not just serving in the local church, because in fact, I believe that every part of our work ought to be part of our serving God. So whatever you do as a vocational job, that's a little redundant, but whatever you do as a vocation, just understand that God has equipped you, and there is a way for God to redeem everything he's given you to be used for his glory. Look, we can diminish work that we don't identify as overly spiritual. Look, we tend to look at things and we kind of go, oh, that's not that important because that's not spiritual. It's all spiritual. It all matters. Now, there's some things maybe you shouldn't do, but for the most part, most jobs that you can employ yourself doing are good things and you can glorify God doing them. Look, a friend um, that many of you know, and, and Dr. Kent Duncan, did his doctrine on this whole topic of work as worship. And he said something that I believe is true for both him and God. He said, I have an affinity for ordinary labor. Now, Kent, when he was talking about that, I mean, it's just what he does, but, right, because he just feels like that's who God made him. But part of this is, I think we need to understand that ordinary labor, ordinary stuff, God can redeem and use. Holding a door for somebody and saying good morning is just as spiritually significant as leading worship. I know that sounds crazy. But when you look at what you can do just by greeting and showing somebody love, walking through the door of a church. I often, most places I go, it's a goal of mine to hold doors for anybody I can. I mean, it's just, 
If somebody's walking behind me, I'm going to hold the door for them and let them go in. I don't care if it costs me a place in line. I'm generally going to try and hold the door for somebody because I just want to serve people. Okay, it's just I want to live my life thinking of other people. I'm not perfect at it, okay? I'm far from it, but I, it's one of the goals I have is to serve people. And so redeeming something as simple as holding a door, look, it can be used for God's glory, and it should be used every single week. In fact, like just a little tidbit of information, when some of our people went through a training with the FBI for, for security for the church, one of the things they said was, like, really profound. Be nice to everybody. That helps bring security to your building. Because if you're nice to the person who's going to come in and cause harm, it's tougher for them to do that now because you were nice to them. It sounds crazy, right? But if you show love to somebody who's never been loved, that could be pretty powerful. In fact, I'm guaranteeing it's powerful. Now, does that mean it's going to stop everything? No, it's going to stop everything. But, but here's the deal. Look, if you're a horrible singer, like me, like you don't have to sing. But maybe you're good at computers. And you can serve on the tech team. Like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again, Nathan. Nathan's 17 years old. Hey, Nathan. He played the bass up here this morning. What you don't know is Nathan comes every Sunday morning for the 815 service to run the computers. If you know anything about teenagers who are 17 years old, do you think he wants to get up to be here at 815 in the morning? No. But he does it because he can and he's willing to serve. See, it's a simple thing, but it's serving. And it's teaching and it's understanding that serving matters. Now, I can't pick out everybody, but when you look at everything you do, if you have a passion to, to help keep the place safe, I watched a couple people get up and move around this morning and walk out in the foyer, so I assumed something was going on that people could just keep an eye on, and they did so. And so I assume that there's people in the building who want to keep the place safe. If you want to do that, there's ways for you to serve and help out in that capacity. Look, if you like to... Make people feel welcome and help people feel welcome. And the hospitality team is for you. Like, like it's so cool that there, there, there's a lady like Carla Harding who will show up here every Sunday morning at like seven something to make coffee. Like, I don't even drink this stuff. And I'm like, Carla, you're my hero. Because you come early every Sunday just to make coffee. And she also sings in first service. But, but she's here early and she's willing to serve. Look, if you can pass a background check and you love children, you could serve in Capital Kids. You can serve in our children's ministry. Be because, like, children matter. And if you want to give people an opportunity to learn about Jesus, you can help serve in our outreach ministries. Look, whatever it is, we have to serve. It is who Jesus was. It's who he expects us to be. And the, the, the cool part is we just find what it is that God has given us 
that we can use. Look, I never thought that God has used some weird things in my life in order for me to be effective in the kingdom. I never thought that God would redeem my ability to ride a unicycle. Okay, I can ride a unicycle. And so I've used that unicycle on missions trips, in children's ministry, in different times. Like, I just thought that was some stupid thing I knew how to do. And God used that. You get tired of hearing of it. But I actually know a little bit about bowling. And God somehow has redeemed that to be used for his kingdom. It's hard for me to understand sometimes. Like how God can take things that we think aren't of value and he can use them for his glory. And so when you look at your life, you may think, well, God gave me this gift, you know, or something that I know how to do. You're thinking, well, he'll never use that. He just might. Because that's who God is. He knows how to take what we think has no value and then use it for his kingdom. I would have never guessed that through the things that I've done with bowling have an impact on people's lives spiritually. It never, like, like, just never dreamed until the last few years where I've seen God begin to open doors because of that ability. Now, there's also been training and development, all those things, but, 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 but God has given me an enjoyment, a love, and so he's taken that and he's been able to use me, impact people's lives that in that venue. And I'm just saying, that should be true in all of our lives. God wants to take things and ways that you've been gifted, and he wants to use them for his kingdom, for you to serve, for you to serve in his kingdom, because in order to be pleasing to the king, we need to serve. I'm asking you to step up this morning. I'm asking you to, there's a little card in your, in your um, oh, I set mine down someplace, but there's a card, oh, what did I do? Oh, thank you. And some people know I need help often. Since we live together, that would make sense that you would know I need help a lot. Okay, so there's a little card that should have been handed to you as you came in through the doors. What did it hand it? What did, what did it hand it? Did you get a card? Oh, okay. Guys, could you help me real fast? Thank you. Sorry, my bad. I'm a fill-in today. <laughs> so there's a card, and it's on one side. <laughs> They're scrambling trying to find them. They were in stacks out on things earlier today. I, look, did you see how quickly they move? Look at the people that want to serve. I love this. This is beautiful. This is a perfect picture. I mean, these guys, I, I, I saw more ushers get up than I've ever seen in my life. It's like a whole gaggle of them. I don't know if that's what you call them, but <laughs> what is the correct term for a group of ushers? Usher? I don't know. A group of ushers. A gaggle. I like gaggle. Gaggle's good. 
All right, so on the card, there's a, I had to stall for time somehow, so being stupid is a gift of mine. So, okay, so here you go. Name, you got that one figured out. How often do you want to serve? Okay, once a month, twice a month, put me in coach just anywhere, anytime, I'll serve. On the back side, where would you like to volunteer? Greeter, usher, hospitality team, tech team, worship, outreach, capital kids, life groups. Hey, there's probably others. In fact, there are. And there's no blank line in there. But if you have something that God has gifted you to do and you want to be a part and you want to... Look, flowers is not on there. But I know spring's coming. And some people, like Angela, would like to... Angela has found herself out front here a few times plucking weeds out of the, the rocks and stuff in the flower beds because she can't handle seeing it. I, on the other hand, don't notice. It's true. It's true. I'm just telling you. I'm not wired. Like, everybody knows around here, if I notice something of, like, cleanliness issues or something like flower beds or something or something not done well, it's really bad. Okay, if I notice in those worlds, it's really bad. But there's a lot of, because, yeah, but other places I'll notice a lot. But, okay, so just put something down there. Like, if you've got something that's not listed, because we weren't trying to make this exhaustive, what we're trying to do is just say, you know what? Put me in. I want to step up. I want to serve. Now, many of you are serving a lot of areas already, and we're not asking you to step up more. We're not asking you to serve in more places and wear yourself out. We are asking everybody to do something. We're asking everybody to step up and everybody be a part of serving. Whatever place that you, and you may not know yet, you may not know what God has for you to do. That would be your prayer point today. Lord, how would you want me to serve? Lord, what is the places that you've gifted me for that you want me to serve in? What could I do? Again, I'll tell you the story of how I started ministry. My start in ministry was setting up chairs for youth services on a Wednesday night. I was a college student who at that point in his life had no confidence, no thought that I was gifted for anything. And told the youth pastor, as I watched him set up chairs, I can do that. Hey, look, one of, my, one of my really amazing jobs I had in college. I'm like really gifted at this too, by the way. I changed light bulbs for Princeton University. How many people can say that? In their engineering building. Like I'm really snooty about it. I could walk around with a cart of light bulbs. And I could just go through the building. Like that's all I really knew how to do. I could cook chicken, too, in a fryer. Those weren't the same job, in case you were wondering. But God can take a lot of things, and I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what's hidden in your life that God has given you that he wants to redeem for his glory. But he knows. And I'm going to pray and just ask God to show you. 
and speak to you. Because I believe that's the kind of God we serve. If God will say to Moses, I have picked out Bezalel. And just in case you're not sure who he is, he's the son of this and the grandson of this. From the tribe of I have filled him with the Holy Spirit, with ability. And I believe that's true of you. God is filling you with the Holy Spirit, has given you ability, and he is speaking. And so this morning I'm asking you, will you step up to serve? Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for this day. And Lord, I pray that you would speak in the lives of your people. And Lord, I pray today that there would be no one left out. God, I pray for the people to even sit here this morning and say, I, I don't know what I could do. Lord, I'm praying that you would speak into their lives. And Lord, from the person who feels like they have no talent, the person who sees lots of talents but doesn't know how to use them. Lord, would you speak into their life? Would you help them to understand that you have equipped them? There's something in their background, something in their story, something in their skill set that you're going to put your finger on and say, I want to use that for my kingdom. And Lord, I pray you would speak even in this moment would speak by your Holy Spirit and that Lord we would be a people willing to serve allowing our gifts to be deployed in your kingdom to accomplish your work and to bring life and hope and love and welcome and grace into people's lives. Lord, you do what you do. And that speak into people's lives. And Lord, we wouldn't let anything hold us back. We wouldn't let our pride, our fears, and anything in between keep us from serving you in the ways that you are speaking to us. Lord, I pray you would be honored with our lives as we serve you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.